0: Welcome to Outside of Oz. I am your host, Russ. With me is co-host of the show, South Oz. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight we talk about Atlantis.
1: be wrong now but I don't think so because it's a jungle out Make a run for you. I'm only kidding with it. Cause there's a jungle out there.
0: Welcome in tonight with me as always is the man of the hour, as Shelby has said here, Mr. South Oz. I am Russ. I am the host of Outside of Normal. He is the host of Strange Days with South Oz. Together we're due outside of Oz In the night, we talk about Atlantis. Um, Shelby, I didn't bring you on the panel tonight because I know you're sick and you're not feeling well. And I do hope that you feel a lot better very soon. And uh, with that, I had to make that mention real quick that we are postponing uh, Herbal Talk with Shelby and to a later date when she's feeling better, and we'll let you know more about that. But until then, I'm going to turn it over to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. South Oz.
2: Ah, Thank you, thank you. Welcome all. Welcome again to another fascinating episode we're about to get into. What do you reckon, Russell? Do you want me to um, kick it off and I've got something to do up front and we can rock and roll. Yes, sir. I was actually saving this first presentation. Now, there's a lot of speculation around it. There might even be some people, I think it would be very rare these days, if you haven't heard about the lost city of Atlantis. There's many different theories out there, that's for sure. So I'm not going to present this as an absolute in my own thoughts about the situation. I want to um, bring this one together with all the different um, pretty much thoughts out there and books. I've got some um, books I want to share that I've got in my collection as well about the the topic which people might be able to research into and um, download them. If not, I can send them to you. And um, I was actually saving this first clip for the last, but I decided... In the last half an hour. I'm going to play it up front. It's the only lengthy clip during this. I've only got about um, three, probably at the most, um, two minute clips throughout the whole thing. So that the rest of it's going to be reading. So um, we'll try and kick this out within an hour and a half, maybe two hours at the very, very max. Um, well, the first one is goes for ten minutes though. What, what are, the reason I decided to put this up front? is because it gives you a bit of an outline, and um, especially for people that haven't thought about or have forgotten about certain theories about Atlantis. And I come across this presentation last night, and so I ripped it onto um, my system, so I've got no problems with the um, delay in the audio. So I'm going to play it straight out at the beginning, and it'll give us a chance for more people that want to come in live and have a listen. And for those listening later on the download you can um you can check that out and also come check out the show after it i'm not sure what we decided to do there whether i think it was um the wizard uh we were going to do that one as well after it or behind the green curtain and so we're going to probably i think russell's going to wrap this up as soon as i finish instead of having comments and we can go over and have a bit of a yarn and some shits and giggles on the um the next show after this so anyone listening on the downloads, be sure to go and check that one out as well. I'm sure you're going to hear some really fascinating ideas and thoughts and, yeah, the un- other rabbit holes. Alright, as usual, speaking of rabbit holes, this is another one. <laughs> it's amazing where it all leads to, and, um, but it all adds up to the same thing that's at hand. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Ten minutes of this and um, and then I'll start going through the, the show.
3: Is the lost city of a myth? Or is it real? The mystery of Atlantis has taken a new mysterious turn. Where was the lost city located? Has Atlantis been finally found on the ancient Roman map? Let's find out. In the dialogues Timaeus and Critias authored by Plato... There is a description of a mythical city called Atlantis. The search for the long-lost city of Atlantis has been ongoing for centuries with no definitive answer yet, but now we're getting closer to resolving this mystery due to some recent progress. Reports suggest that a previously undiscovered map from ancient Rome identifies what could be the location of Atlantis. Understanding what Atlantis is all about and its whereabouts will pique a different kind of curiosity in your head. Researchers analyzing an old Roman map found fascinating leads, has changed the way how experts were trying to locate the lost city. Discussing the ancient Roman map that stirred up excitement among scientists is really important. So you must be wondering where this map came from. Well, an admiral of the Ottoman Empire named Piri Reis drew up a map in 1513 that is famously known as the Piri Reis map. Many know this map for its precise depictions of various coastlines. But what has captivated specialists is a particular notation on the map that points out where Atlantis might be situated. Now this is the actual banger. Beyond the Pillars of Hercules is where we can find Atlantis. This is what was mentioned in the Latin text on Piri Gris map. Located in the ancient Straits of Gibraltar are the Pillars of Hercules, which act as a gateway towards the Mediterranean Sea. And beyond the Pillars of Hercules lies a possibility for where Atlantis may exist, according to researchers. In order to add weight to this theory, academics have analyzed several ancient sources, including Plato's dialogues, and cross-referenced them with information found on Piri Reis. So the discovery of an old map was surprising, as it portrayed precise details about the Mediterranean region, along with certain islands which weren't known to people from the Western world, although tempting to rely solely upon its guidance. When it comes to proving Atlantis' existence, one must consider all pieces of evidence, including that found on the Piri-Reese map. The combined geological surveys and archaeological findings reveal interesting shapes and abnormalities on the seabed within our specified limits, and advanced settlements potentially flourished in the region, as evidenced by findings of underwater structures and unusual <coughs> geological characteristics. Anytime an extraordinary claim is made, there will be skepticism. The findings state that there isn't adequate empirical data to uphold the reality of Atlantis, Despite this, oppositions to this view suggest that there is insufficient evidence to support such claims. For years, scientists have been trying to unravel the mysteries of this geological marvel in Mauritania's western Sahara desert. On the other hand... Recent findings have revealed compelling likenesses between the eye of Sahara and Plato's description of Atlantis. The link between the eye of Sahara and Atlantis is uncovered through another historical Roman map we are going to talk about next. An intricate cartographic representation of what constituted the visible universe some 2,000 years ago is attributed to Pomponius Mella, a famous Roman geographer. And on this map of the Western Sahara Desert, Bella had remarked something gripping about the Atlantic or the Atlantean people. It appears from this reference that the Romans were acquainted with a significant civilization in the region. The analysis conducted by researchers has shown noticeable similarities between the Eye of Sahara and Plato's story about Atlantis, which is unlikely to be pure luck and the Eye of Sahara exhibits several geologic features that align with Plato's descriptions. Plato depicted Atlantis surrounded by a large rectangular plane, which can be compared to the one extending for hundreds of miles here the alignment between plato's belief that atlantis was encircled by liquid and the indications of visible signs of liquid abrasion detected at the eye of sahara are undeniable also the presence of hot springs around provides further confirmation for our hypothesis that the eye of sahara might contain remains or relics from a vanished city and Plato's description of the fabled warm baths aligns with what we know about these hot springs. The discovery of elephant ivory within this region further strengthens the potential association between the eye of Sahara and Atlantis. And the inclusion of elephants in Plato's description of Atlantis gives weight to this finding. The fact that there is elephant ivory found in the Western Sahara Desert reinforces claims proposing this location as a possible site for the lost city of Atlantis. According to several scholars who base their theory on newfound evidence, the lost city Atlantis could be located in the eye of Sahara. The revelation that the eye of Sahara is a possible site for Atlantis has aroused curiosity among researchers and adventurers. With advanced technologies and archaeological methodologies at their disposal, expeditions are being mounted to uncover remnants of the lost city within this geological formation. The confirmation that the eye of Sahara is Atlantis could fundamentally shift our knowledge about early timescales and reformulate assumptions around this fabled land, and we can have a better understanding of the society's growth by exploring its ancient civilization which will also make us rethink existing notions of early communities. As with any groundbreaking claim, skepticism persists. Critics maintain that there isn't enough solid proof to support the claim correlating the Eye of Sahara with Atlantis. That being said, ample evidence still demands further examination through scientific inquiry to establish whether a correlation exists between the Eye of Sahara and Atlantis. However... It is important to subject these declarations to rigorous analysis and critical thinking in order to validate them. The discovery of Atlantis may challenge our current knowledge about what early societies achieved. We will gain more than just knowledge about a previously unexplored civilization when we unearth Atlantis. Their technological advancements may surprise us, and the cultivation of abundant crops was possible for the Atlanteans because they created a sophisticated irrigation system, as explained by Plato their mastery of metallurgy enabled them to craft top-notch quality weapons and tools the excellence of the atlantean architects works matched that of their engineering counterparts and they were credited with erecting massive structures of great intricacy Connecting their city to the sea through a canal system enabled them to engage in commercial activities with other civilizations. Exploring the secrets of Atlantis might offer explanations for how mythical accounts and legends that have fascinated individuals for centuries came to be. And many works of literature and film worldwide have been influenced by the story of Atlantis that has captured people's imagination. Exploration efforts concerning the eye of Sahara's probable affiliation with Atlantis are anticipated to persist in the coming years relying on advanced technological tools such as archaeological methods and remote sensing to discover secrets concealed by centuries-old sands. The discovery of Atlantis is not just about satisfying our curiosity, but also about its implications, as our current understanding of ancient civilizations would be upended if the Eye of Sahara were definitively identified as Atlantis reconsidering what ancient civilizations could achieve could cause us to re-evaluate our current knowledge. In addition to shedding light on its unique architecture and culture, uncovering Atlantis could expose us to its advanced technology. Exploring the history of Atlantis may lead us to valuable insights into how societies function and what factors contribute to their success or decline. Acknowledging skeptics' doubts about such extraordinary claims is critical, though some believe there may be a connection between the eye of Sahara and Atlantis. Or research is necessary. Collaboration between professionals in diverse areas supported by critical examination and scientific inquiry it is fundamental for verifying or refuting hypotheses. The discovery of a lost civilization like Atlantis will continue to depend on devoted explorers and skilled researchers who tirelessly chart out new territories in search of answers. And in their quest for knowledge, everything is being examined with the use of -of state-of-the-art technologies like advanced imaging techniques and underwater exploration tools. Learning about the discovery of Atlantis could change our understanding of ancient societies and their technological advancements. If substantiated, it would question the basis of our prior knowledge of history and reveal new directions in which to pursue research. In addition to this, it would disclose details about the supposedly advanced technology of Atlantis along with its unique architectural style and rich cultural heritage. People have been captivated by the idea of Atlantis for centuries, which is evident from the number of tales and movies based on it, as it is endowed with mythical qualities that have turned it into an icon for both the lost utopia and a reminder against human conceit. If we find Atlantis, it will not just be an achievement for archaeology, but also shows how humans are always curious about what they do not know, Wrapping up this video calls for an emphasis on the fact that discovering Atlantis on the ancient Roman map is still a subject of ongoing discussions. Despite interesting results thus far, it requires further investigation and examination to establish its validity. Nonetheless, with tantalizing evidence and agreement between historical accounts, we have a glimmering hope to soon unravel one of history's greatest mysteries. Subscribe to the channel for more astonishing discoveries. It is crucially important to bear in mind that further investigation and careful scientific examination must be undertaken to verify or deny these discoveries regarding the possible unearthing of Atlantis at the Eye of Sahara. So when considering what can be found at the Eye of Sahara, one must remember to remain open-minded but also cautious. This video popping on your screen will reveal all the whereabout of a mysterious stone linked to Atlantis. Be sure to check that out. Until then, goodbye.
2: Right, so now we're going to hopefully move right along here. I just need to actually go back down to the bottom because what's going to happen, I forgot on this platform that I'm using, it actually goes into my next subject or on another part. It's hard to explain. So, the first thing we're going to bring up here is um, I'm not sure of the author. This has come through some of my notes and things that I've put together myself. So it's um, like anything that goes into the Atlantis sort of thing. It's A lot of it is speculation. A lot of it's a lot of great research into it as well. And there are certainly different um, rabbit holes of research that people have gone down. This one I've bookmarked in my notes. was um, It's called Echoes from Atlantis, Sumer and Moo. Um, I've added a little bit here and there, but I'm not going to stipulate between this and what I've added. Um, There might be a couple of things that I might just bring up off the top of my head as well. So, um, right, let's kick it off. As the Mediterranean legends go, the Atlanteans controlled part of Egypt, Libya, Europe, Central and South America, while the people of the Mediterranean united to repel the Atlantean invaders the anti diluvian world appears to have been populated by three great civilizations all led by giants. The Day Six Atlanteans were a race that was red skinned, while the Aryans or in brackets Sumerians were white. And the third race of people was black, black skinned, which is in brackets Mu and Mu. From the Nile Valley and a um In a Pacific Ocean subcontinent, other legends recant Atlanteans with white skin. The Egyptians regarded themselves as red. Even so, ancient Aryans and Egyptians recognised four human races, according to the Ignatius, Donnelly, white, red, black and yellow. On a similar note, the Pope of Vul appears to black the four race notion of the antediluvional epo. In the Popovul account, four people, which is in brackets, day six, were created that multiplied around the earth, creating many tribes from black to white, who spoke many tongues, which was understood to mean four distinct races. Likely then, the black race resided in Africa, south of Egypt, while the yellow race dwelled in Emu, Mu, or Sunderland, S U N D E R Land Mu's occultist acceptance as an anti civilization dates back to a Spanish monk, Diego de Landa, who copied notes from the original Mayan writings. Charles Et is e Double Etienne or Etienne brassure De Borg then studied Lander's notes, discovering the destruction of an anti antediluvian civilization that he believed was Atlantis, but thought was located in the Western Indian Ocean. Thus, Mu became the Mayan Atlantis over time. Occultism has meshed Mu with Lemuru or Lemuria, the lost continent. A parallel civilization dreamed up by Helen Blavatsky in her book Isis Unveiled, and with Sunderland, an ancient civilization discovered in 1964 CE, east and south of Asia. In other legends, Mu's home world was believed to have been a large continent located in the Pacific Ocean. It was a civilization that exploited technology exclusive of the mythological anti gravity mu fell to a similar destruction as atlantis the ancient indian holy books the vedas were believed to have originated in mu mu was further believed to have founded lower egypt while atlantis founded upper egypt englishman james churchwood w-a-r-d copied from brahma tablets information that contained mayan inscriptions concerning the continent of mu which was located somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. Similarly, Leo Plongjian, a South American archaeologist of the 19th century, discovered references to Mu in the Troano Codex. One wonders whether whether or not accounts documented within the Vedas recant the destruction of Atlantis or a most similar end to the empire and subcontinent of Mu. Veda hymns convey a great city swallowed up by the sea, celebrated as the Dwarka, or W-D, sorry, D-W-A-R-K-A, and the Varaka, D-V-A-R-A-K-A, in various accounts. These accounts were recorded in the Indian epic, it's called the Mahabharata, which was composed a few hundred years after the Rig Veda and were recorded in the Bhagavad and the Vishnu Purana. Continuing in my notes here, Berossus wrote, B-E-R-O-S-U-S, that Babylon was utilised allegorically by the Chaldean priest for an antediluvinal city, the first city of cities, which could have been Atlantis. In fact, Frank Joseph believes that when the Bible describes Tyre or Tyre, T Y R E, and Babylon in these passages, it is really describing the prosperity and destruction of Atlantis, the sea-born antediluvian empire. In the Atlantean tradition, modern Atlantean authors claim Poseidon was the angel slash son of God, a watcher slash ruler slash archon to whom the continent Atlantis was portioned out, while the balance of the earth was allotted to the other gods to varying extents. Just as I already noted, in Deuteronomy 32.8, describes the earth was divided among the sons of Israel, sons of God and or gods, depending on which biblical translation from the Mesoretic text you choose to examine. In fact, Plato's work um, critates actual states that the gods divided up the earth, the Atlanteans being the Poseidon portion. Poseidon was the chief god and founder of the Atlantean civilization, apparently. The inheriting gods slash watchers then constructed temples in their lands for worship and ritual sacrifice as cult centers. In Atlantis, Poseidon constructed his great temple for his bull cult. In his capital city at the southern end of the um, continent, the gods in Atlantean heritage were all known as intermediaries between man and chaos. Otherwise identified as watchers or archons and seraphim angels. Poseidon then proceeded to fall in love with a female of the human race named Cleito, C-L-E-I-T-O. Poseidon was also believed in legend to have lain with many other daughters of men, producing offspring through the illicit violations against the laws of creation. Cleito was the daughter of Evono and Leo Sap- who were both earthborn, but not coincidentally, lived inside a mountain, while other traditions cite Clearto as a simple human orphan. The children oh, I just got this turned off here. That's better. Um, the children of Poseidon and the daughters of men all grew up to be giants and demigods that we have come to know as the Nephilim. Now This is going to be in a second. Um, Okay. I'm going to go into a few books that I've actually got in my own personal collection. If anyone would like them, if I can send them, the file's not too big on your platform, I can send you these books as well in a PDF format. So, um, Shelby has got these books, and I'll just... um, Publish in the chat. She's got them in order so she might be able to just put this in for the people listening live which will start with this book coming up in the chat here that I will put up and then working our way down. Okay now it's going to get a little bit um, too confusing for me to read these and then publish the pictures but um, you can look these authors up in the name of the books. I'm not going to read any any transcripts or anything from these books because they're quite lengthy, they're ones that I've got anyway offhand. So the first book that I've got here is um, The Lost Continent. It's called The Lost Continents. It's the Atlantean theme in history, science, and literature. The author is L dot Sparagu de Camp. Interesting book. It's about the Lost Continents, obviously, and the Atlantean theme in history, science, and literature. The second book I've got, now I'm only telling these, I know I'm not going into depth at the moment about these, only because they're interesting books that I personally have myself, and I find them fascinating if anyone wants to delve a little bit further into the realms of Atlantis. This next one is called, um, it's the Atlantis Alien visitation, and gene manipulation. And if it can't be posted in the room, I'll um, I'll put these up as well after it. That's it. Thank you, Shelbs. Yeah, fantastic. As you can see, we've done some work behind the scenes here, guys. All right. So that's another great book. That, um, that's from Michael Tazarian, if I remember rightly. I can't quite see the author's name because of the stamp date. Yeah, I'd say it was Tazarian. The next book here is... Um, uh, it's... The Viral or Magnetic Secret Doc... Okay, this one's by William Walker Atkinson. It's called Viral or Vital Magnetism. The Secret Doctrine of Ancient Atlantis, Egypt, Chaldean, and Greece. We've also got... Um, Two more books here. Um, the author of this one is Roy Stemmon, with a double E. It's Atlantis and the Lost Lands. Another book by the author Douglas Kenyon, K E N Y O N, is Ghosts of Atlantis. Sorry, he's J. Douglas Kenyon. We've also got The Angels of Atlantis by Stuart Pierce. The Angels of Atlantis, by... Sorry, I had that on two different formats. Next, coming up in the yellow writing on um, Shelby's side is Atlantis Beneath the Ice The Fate of the Lost Continent by Rand and Rose Ellum ATH. It's a little bit hard for me to see the author on that one. The way that I've put it in the room here, you will see the author in the timestamp coming up. Welcome to the room, all. Atlantis Beneath the Ice, which might bring us up into next week's thing about the Southern Pole as well. The next one on my list here is by, um, it's Jocelyn, I can't quite, I think it's, yeah, if I remember, I know it's Goodwin, I think it's spelled J-O-S-C-E-L-Y-N Godwin, and it's um, Atlantis and the Cycles of Time. Prophecies Traditions and Occult Revelations Another fascinating book and a read. There's also um, Atlantis by or oh, it's got Atlantis slash Alien Visitation and Genetic Modification Atomic Habits by James Clear Another fascinating book by W. Scott Elliott is The Story of Atlantis and the Lost Lemuru very well, you can't get past many of these this is a really interesting read guys next to my little list here is this is Ignatius Donnelly Atlantis the inter world um sorry the the antidialuvenal world it's a bit hard this writing on this at the moment Ignatius Donnelly You can find that also through forbidden wisdom. Now, the other one that I think I've double posted here by Joseph Goldman, that's right, which was the Atlantis and the Cycles of Time. And um, coming down to the last, I think, one here is Lemuria, L-E-M-U-R-I-A, Atlantis and Other Mysteries of History. The Great Mystical Ways of the Ancients by Gina T. Gibbons. It's second edition, redone in 2020. i um, I've got one more, I think, here, which is Atlantis. The Fate of a Lost Land and Its Secret Knowledge by Rudolf Steiner. Um, oh, I've got another one. A- Atlantis. Alien Visitations and Genetic Manipulation by Michael Tazarium. I actually think that was the one that I brought up before as well, with Michael Tazarium. interesting character. There's also another one um, about the Edgar Cayce, Edgar Cayce on Atlantis, 1968 publication. Another fascinating read. And Faking History, Essays on Alien, Atlantis, Monsters and More by Jason Colavito, C-O-L-A-V-I-T-O. All right, so now that brings me to the conclusion of my little book list. <laughs> As you can see, there's some bloody reading there, guys. That's just the books. That's exhausting enough, little alone all the other information that goes at hand. <laughs> Welcome to the room, all. So the next on my little list here is... Um, Ancient history of Atlantis. Now, I'm not sure if this is a... I've got to just click on this at the moment here, and we can go into this one. I've bookmarked a couple of other things here that I've got to bring up. This is a bit of a writing. It's, um, It's under classroom history. Was Atlantis real? Everything we currently know about this mysterious ancient city. Atlantis, the fabled lost city has long been a source of fascination, drawing historians, adventures, and dreamers into fierce argument about its existence. <clears throat> its um, story based upon ancient texts and modern speculations walks in the fine line between myth and reality, challenging our con- conventional understanding of past. But what truths lie behind the legends of this sunken empire? Where might it be located, and why, after all these centuries, does the mystery of Atlantis continue to captivate us? The very first historical evidence of Atlantis. The story of Atlantis can be traced back to two specific works by the ancient philosopher Plato. The Timaeus, or T-I-M-A-E-U-S, Timaeus. The Critias c-r-i-t-i-a-s. Written around 360 BCE, these dialogues are our primary source of information about the fabled city. In Timaeus, Plato described a conversation between Socrates, Timaeus, um, Hermocrates, and uh, Critias. It is Critias who who recounts the tale of Atlantis, claiming that it was passed down to him through his ancestors from the Athenian lawgiver Solon, S-O-L-O-N. Solon, during his travels to Egypt around 590 BCE, supposedly learnt of Atlantis from Egyptian priests in the city of sais They described a great civilization that existed approximately 9,000 years before their time, making Atlantis a society that would have thrived around 9,600 BCE. In the Critias dialogue, Plato delves deeper into the description of Atlantis, detailing its geographical governance and eventual downfall. The island, larger than Asia and Libya combined, was said to be located beyond the Pillars of Hercules, in brackets commonly identified as the modern-day Strait of Gibraltar. The Atlanteans were portrayed as a formidable naval power, conquering parts of Europe and Africa before being repelled by the ancient Athenians. However, their decline was swift in a single day, a night. A series of um, catastrophic um, events led to the submersion of Atlantis, leaving it lost to the depths of the sea. The Physical Description of Atlantis Plato's description of Atlantis offers a vivid portray of its geographical layout. The heart of Atlantis was a central city surrounded by concentric rings of water and land. These rings, alternating between wide circles of sea and land, were connected by tunnels wide enough to accommodate ships, allowing for easy naval movement. The central city hub of activity and governance was situated on a plain and surrounded by mountains, and it um, descended towards the sea. This plain was described as being 3,000 stadia in length and 2,000 stadia in width, irrigated by a network of canals. The mountains sheltered the city and were renowned for the size and beauty, with the largest of them surpassing any mountains known to the ancient Greeks. At the very centre of the um, concentric circles stood a hill, upon which a palace was built for the first king of Atlantis. Atlas, from whom the island derived its name. Surrounding this hill was walls made of stone, red, white, and black, quarried from the nearby mountains and valleys. The walls were adorned with precious metals, reflecting the island's immense wealth. Beyond the central city, the rest of Atlantis was divided into ten regions, each governed by a king. These regions were rich in resources with abundant minerals, flora, and fauna. The soil was fertile, yielding two crops a year, and the island was rich in timber, exotic wildlife, and natural springs. Who lived in Atlantis, though? The society and culture of Atlantis, as depicted by Plato, showcased a civilization of great sophistication and power. At its zenith, Atlantis was a beacon of prosperity, innovation, and governance with a societal structure that was both hierarchical and collaborative. Collaborative, in other words, collaborating. The political structure of Atlantis was organized around a confederation of kings, 10 in total. These rulers were descendants of the island's divine founder, with each king governing one of them ten regions of Atlantis, as mentioned before. The central authority vested in the first king, Atlas, after whom the island was named. These kings would convene in a central city to discuss matters of law, pass judgment, and to lib- um, deliberate on issues of war and peace. Their decisions were were binding and they swore oaths to uphold the island's law and traditions, emphasizing the unity and shared responsibility of their rule. Atlantean culture was deeply rooted in both its maritime prowess and its spiritual beliefs. As a naval superpower, Atlantis dominated the seas, establishing trade routes and exerting influence over vast territories. The island's inhabitants worshipped a Path, a pantheon of gods, with Poseidon, the god of the sea, at its helm. However, as time progressed, the moral fabric of Atlantean society began to fray. Plato describes a decline of the virtue and righteousness of the Atlanteans. Over generations, the divine portion of their lineage deluded, and with it, their noble qualities. They became greedy, power-hungry, and corrupt, leading to internal conflicts and external aggressions. But how was Atlantis destroyed? According to Plato's account, the destruction of Atlantis was both swift and devastating. The once majestic civilization, which had thrived for generations, met its end in a series of catastrophes catastrophic events that spanned a single day and night. While the exact cause of the calamity is not detailed explicitly, the um, narrative suggests combination of natural disasters, possibly including earthquakes and floods, that led to the island's submersion beneath the sea. This rapid descent into the ocean's depths rendered Atlantis inaccessible and invisible to the world leaving behind only tales of a former glory. The rural location of Atlantis? Question mark. While Plato's account is the primary source of information about the lost civilization, the lack of concrete evidence and the tantalizing nature of the tale have led many to propose various hypotheses about its existence and location. One of the most Debated topics is the actual location of Atlantis. Some theories suggest it was located in the Mediterranean, pointing to a place like San, San Torini, S-A-N-T-O-R-I-N-I, which experienced a massive volcanic eruption around 1600 BCE. The eruption and subsequent tsunami could have been the um, catastrophic events that led to the sinking of the once-thriving civilization, drawing parallels with Plato's account. The island of Centurini, known in ancient times as Thera, T-H-E-R-A, has been a focal point for many researchers. The massive volcanic eruption that took place around 1600 BCE led to the collapse of the Minoan civilization, and some believe it could have been the inspiration behind Plato's tale. Excavations in the region have uncovered remnants of an advanced civilization with intricate architecture and artifacts, but a direct link to Atlantis remains elusive. Another popular theory um, posits that Atlantis was in the Americas, specifically in the Caribbean or around the Bahamas. Um, The discovery of the, it's called Bimini Road, B-I-M-I-N-I, a submerged rock formation in the 1960s sparked excitement among Atlanteans enthusiasts. Some speculate that these linear stone structures could be remnants of the lost city. However, geologists studied studies have since suggested that these formations are naturally occurring and not man-made. The idea that Atlantis might be located in Antarctica has also gained traction among some researchers. They suggest that the continent was once ice-free and home to an advanced civilization. The rapid freezing and shifting of ice caps could have submerged the entire city, preserving it beneath layers of ice. In recent years, satellite imagery and advanced scanning technologies have opened new avenues for exploration. Some researchers have utilised these tools to identify submerged structures or anomalies on the ocean floor that could hint at ancient settlements. Areas off the coast of Spain, near the Strait of Gibraltar, have been a particular interest, given Plato's reference to Atlantis being beyond the pillows of Hercules. Despite these efforts, um, definitive evidence of Atlantis still remains elusive. Question, difficulties facing historians and archaeologists? While the tale of Atlantis has captivated imaginations for centuries, it has not been without its sceptics and critics. Many scholars and historians believe that the story of Atlantis, as presented by Plato, should not be taken as a literal historical account, but rather a philosoph- philosophical allegory or parable. One of the primary um, critiques resolves around the lack of contemplation contemporary records or mentions of Atlantis outside Plato's writings. Given the purported size, influence and power of the Atlantean civilization, it's surprising that no other ancient text or records, whether Greek or from neighboring civilizations, make any reference to such a dominant empire. This absence of um, Evidence has led many to question the veracity of Plato's account. Another point of skepticism is the timeline presented by Plato. According to his writings, Atlantis has existed around 9,000 years before his time, placing the civilization around 11,000 years ago from the present day. Just got to turn this on, guys, it's better. This timeline predates many ancient known civilizations and challenges our current understanding of human development and um, societal progression during that era or timeline. Additionally, some scholars argue that the detail and specific nature of Plato's account, especially regarding measurements, geographic and societal structures, is more indicative of a fictional narrative that a historian recounted. They suggest that Plato might have used the story of Atlantis as a means to convey philosophical ideas about governance, morality, and the dangers of hubris, rather than to document a genuine historical event. Lastly, the vast array of proposed locations for Atlantis, ranging from the Mediterranean to the Caribbean and even Antarctica, have further fueled skepticism. The sheer diversity of these theories often based on tenuous evidence has led many to view the search for atlantis as more of a romantic endeavor than a serious archaeological or historical pursuit okay just got to go back to my other notes here now thank you all for joining I've got together here, this is the one that I talked about with just a couple of two-minute clips. Uh, I think there's three all up that I'll put on this one. It's um, half a dozen theories about Atlantis. Um, at my kick in automatic, I've just got to see where the video thing comes in. I have already, yeah, it's going to redo it. Just let me pause this, otherwise it's going to kick in while I quickly read. The reading's not that long. It's just a bit of an outline. Then there's a two-minute clip, but the um, i just got to, Wait till this starts. Okay. All right. So this first one is um, Atlantis was a mid-Atlantic continent that that suddenly sunk into the ocean, question mark. The idea that Atlantis was an actual historical place and not just a legend invented by Plato didn't surface until the late 19th century in his 1882 book, Atlantis, the anti world, the writer Ignatius Donnelly argued that the accomplishments of the ancient world, in brackets such as metallurgy, language, and agriculture, in bracket, must have been handed down by an earlier advanced civilization, as the ancients weren't sophisticated enough to develop these advanced advancements on their own. Assuming the Atlantic Ocean was only a few hundred feet deep. Donnelly describes a continent flooded by shifting ocean waters that sank in the exact location that actually Plato said it did. In the Atlantic Ocean, just outside of the Pillows of Hercules, the two rocks that mark the entrance of the Strait of Gibraltar. Long after modern oceanography and a greater understanding of plate tectonics poked holes in his shifting waters thesis thesis some continue to cling to donnelly's theory most due to its adherence to plato's placement of atlantis now this is the quick clip as i said i've got um, another two i think after this that goes for two minutes
4: highly technologically advanced civilization that might have had space travel, might have had automobiles, submarines, and so on.
3: I believe there is definitive evidence that Atlantis exists. In order to find it, we're going to have to look underwater. This is the, the entire map of the Bahamas. We think this probably was Atlantis. This looks very similar to some rough-cut Phoenician anchors that found in the training harbors. So here, after five days, we're able to derive the radiocarbonation.
2: I've so, already lighted it.
3: Rough mm-hmm. the That's going to rain later. So, here after five days, we're able to derive the radiocarbon age of 1500 to 1700 BC.
4: feet off of Bimini, is that they sit right on the edge, just above
3: the 10,000 B.C. shoreline. And if Atlantis existed in 10,000 B.C., this probably was Atlantis. So what we're going to be looking for is really sharp right angle, corners, anything that looks like it either has a tool mark on it or that it's been worked by human hands. Look at that. (laughs) The edges are just perfectly straight out there look like building structures it's other world literally that there's a formation
4: and then flat and then another formation and then there's an expanse of just sand
0: and then another regularly spaced rectangle that just doesn't seem to be something that would happen in nature
2: <laughs> of course
1: one second
0: here just stop and look, did what you get a chance that? to look down at this that looks like a
3: perfect square that's what it looks like boom boom is it man-made You know, we like to build things regularly, space. It's hard to say. These look about the size of stone storage
4: buildings that you might build just above a shoreline. So when you're moving cargo off of
3: boats, you have some building to put them into. Definitive proof. This is the closest thing to definitive proof that you can get,
4: at least right now. If these structures turn out to be buildings and walls, this is it, lands
2: Interesting. I'm going to play the next one, just to bring my volume down, actually. So, it tries to kick in. Yeah, an hour and a half ago, these things just laid perfectly. And now it's still... um. It's really weird. just about happens every time. It's just like a curse, guys. Right, moving along next. Atlantis was swallowed up by the Bermuda Triangle. Inspired by um, Donnelly's many later writers, expended on his theories and added their own speculations as to where Atlantis may have been. One of these writers was Charles Berlitz, Grandson of the founder of the well known language schools and author of many books on paranormal phenomena. In the 1970s, Berlitz claimed Atlantis was a real continent located off the Bahamas and had fallen victim to the notorious Bermuda Triangle, a region of Atlantis where a number of ships and supposedly disappeared under, mysteriously circ- under mysterious circumstances. Supporters of the theory pointed to the discovery of what looks like a man-made walls and streets found off the coast of Bimini. Although scientists have evaluated these structures and um, and found them to be natural rock formations. This is a little clip to that one.
4: The enigma of the Bermuda Triangle is that more aircraft and ships will vanished. place in the world in circumstances that it would seem impossible to disappear.
3: There is no FAA in the Bahamas, there is no National Transportation Safety Board who investigates accidents, there's just nothing like that.
4: The pilot took off...
2: doing it come on man well i'm not going to end up flying to miami hours later he
4: reported himself off miami he was losing his engines he was going down to ditch he was at 150 feet altitude he said disoriented in clouds miami confirmed it was perfect weather and they could not understand what was going on and slowly rotate counterclockwise
2: all and I say, oh. Okay, well that's gonna give you a briefing. I guess that time of the day and um, being a Saturday over here the internet I don't have a mobile um, data on this other app so that...
4: everything turns this strange gray. There's now there's no horizon. Can't see the sky. It was weird, it was like kinda of fuzzy, that's all this electricity that's in this. That was when I thought of the word electronic fog. Wasn't flying through fog, but the quote fog was attached to him, it was flying with him, and that was the big difference. (laughs) When aircraft venture into that little zone, the aircraft acts very much like a passive antenna. Uh, Now we're going into the Bermuda Triangle, crossing over the lines this time. I'm getting frequencies of 652. Look at this.
1: Look at that. We're going through a cloud right now. Holy Jet 814, 14
4: a firm of a thrown 2 We're bouncing off the scale. So that means we have an awful lot of uh, energy here. ...penetrated and come out of this cloud. This is pretty phenomenal
2: stuff. Okay, moving along. Another one. Atlantis was Antarctica. Another theory that Atlantis was actually a much more temperate version of what... Oh, sorry. That, yeah, was actually a much more temperate version of what is now Antarctica is based on the work of Charles Hapgood, whose 1958 book entitled Earth's Shifting Crust featured a foreword by Albert Einstein. According to Hapgood, um, around 12,000 years ago, 10,000 obviously BC, the Earth's crust shifted, displacing the continent that uh, became Antarctica from a location much further north than it is located today. This more temperate continent was home to an advanced civilization, but the sudden shift to its current frigid location doomed the civilizational inhabitants. The Atlanteans Dash, and other magnificent cities were buried under layers of ice. Hapgood's theory surfaced before the scientific world gained a full understanding of plate tectonics which largely regulated or re, 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 re-legitimised, anyway. his Shifting Crust Theory, Ideas of the Fringes of the Atlantean Beliefs. Next is, The story of Atlantis was a myth, mythical retelling of a Black Sea flood. The theory presumes Atlantis itself was fictional, but the story of its demise was inspired by an actual historical event, the breaching of the Bosporus by the Mediterranean Sea and subsequently flooding of the Black Sea around 5,600 BC. At the time, the Black Sea was a freshwater lake, half of its current size. The flooding... Um, uh, it, The flooding took over civilizations, destroying them, known to be flourishing along its shores with hundreds of feet of seawater in a short period of time, in brackets, perhaps less than a year, out of brackets. As inhabitants of the region scattered, they spread tales of the deluge and may have led, thousands of years later, to Plato's account of Atlantis. Second last one on my list. Atlantis is the story of Minoan civilization, which flourished the Greek island um, Kirka C or Sursa, C-I-R-C-A, 2,500 to 1,600 BC. One of the more recent Atlantean theories concerning the civilization that flourished on the Greek island of Crete and Thera, now Santorini, more than 4,000 years ago, the Minoans named named for the legendary king Minos, M-I-N-O-S, believed to be Europe's first great civilization. The Minoans built splendid places, constructed paved roads, and were the first Europeans to use a written language, in brackets, linear A, out of brackets, at the height of their power. However, the Minoans suddenly disappeared from history, an enduring mystery that has, um, that has fueled belief in a link between this great doomed civilization and Plato's account or recollection or stories of Atlantis. Historians believe around 1600 BC, a massive earthquake, oh, this is going to kick in here, in the heart of the oh. forgot that was my last one. I just kicked in. didn't never know it was on there. Um, Anyway, an enduring mystery that has fueled beliefs in a link between this great doomed civilization and Plato's Atlantis. Historians believe around 1600 BC, a massive earthquake shook the volcanic island of Thera, triggering an eruption that spewed 10 million tons of rock, ash, and gas into the atmosphere. Tsunamis that followed the eruption were large enough to wipe out Minoan cities throughout the region. Devastation that may have made the Minoans vulnerable to invaders from the Greek mainland. And this is a little um, video clip about the situation.
4: Of the Mediterranean Sea on the island of Crete. A remarkably sophisticated palace has been unearthed, and the find has reignited the search for the most famous of all lost worlds. With its massive scale, its complex water management systems, and its sparkling gypsum walls, the engineering of this extraordinary palace ties it closely to Plato's descriptions of Atlantis.
2: And that's it, all um, in that one there. It's pretty much gonna say what I just said anyway. I'll give it a touch more until it stops. It's not um, loading up.
4: What's more, at the Palace of Knossos, the engineering above ground is every bit as sophisticated as that which Plato describes. The palace contained 1,300 rooms spread over four floors, all interconnected by miles of passageways. It was centuries ahead of anything seen from the same era on mainland Greece. Plato describes the Palace of Atlantis as an acropolis sitting atop a great hill. At Knossos, we find just just that.
2: Yeah, that's about where it is. We're pretty much just, anyway, but I'll just sit anyway, what i just said.
4: Construction must have involved huge earth-moving operations. The entire hilltop was flattened and terraces were carved so that the palace could be built on multiple levels.
2: And last on my little list here, another theory, Atlantis didn't exist at all. (laughs) Plato invented it. (laughs) Most historians and scientists throughout history have come to the conclusion that Plato's account of the lost kingdom of Atlantis was fictional. According to his argument, the Greek... This uh, Well, according to this argument, the Greek philosopher invented Atlantis as his vision of an ideal civilization and intended the story of his demise to be a um, cautionary tale of the goods uh, of the gods, punishing human um, hubris. No written record of Atlantis exists outside of Plato's dialogues, including in any of the numerous... Other texts that survived from the ancient Greece, from or from ancient Greece. Furthermore, despite modern advances in ocean, oceanography and ocean floor mapping, no trace of such a sunken civilization has ever been found. A lot of these notes I'll give credit to Sarah. Um, her name's S-A-R-A-H uh, Pruitt, or P-R-U-I-T-T. She has many other um, books that you can find about as well. And um, I won't go into them because there's um, you can search her up. She goes into a lot of things like, yeah, a bit woohoo sort of out there and um, a bit of alternative history. And it has a really good, kid History's most fascinating stories delivered to your inbox. Just things that make you go, hmm. Uh, you can find the um, URL at com slash news. Pretty much we'll, we'll give you the link to her website, and information. Now, I'm getting down to pretty much, I think, my last two articles I want to read on this, I reckon. Yep, yep. Don't want that one. Right. Let's go into a little bit of a another recap on the whole situation I've presented so far. So we're going to parrot a bits here and there, but any dots that we've forgotten, I want to bring things back to clarity. So, location hypotheses of Atlantis. There are several um, hypotheses about real world events that could have inspired Plato's fictional story of Atlantis, told in the Timaeus and um, Critias. While Plato's story was not part of the Greek mythical or mythic tradition, and his dialogue used it solely as an allegory about hubris. Researchers have speculated about the real natural disaster that could have served as inspiration. Additionally, many works of um, Poseidon history uh, treat the story as fact, offering reinterpretations which tie to the national mysticisms or theories of ancient aliens. While Plato's story explicitly locates Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean beyond the Pillars of Hercules, location um, hypothesis include Heilig, Thera, Troy, and the North Pole. Um, I have got several other ones so I'm just checking my time here. Okay I'll, I'll just see some more reading I've noted here. That is a more in-depth one about it um, that's going to take me way, way over. No, I'm going to have to break that down pretty much where it's at. There's a lot, lot more here. I'll share these links after the show as well, where I, um, I got this information from as well and my notes. Um, all right, I'm not going to go into that, because that goes down six different rabbit holes that are going to take me freaking nearly three hours to read, which ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. So I think I'm coming up to my last little note. Here we go. Um, Atlantis. Actually, no, that, that was my last note on here. So I have got another quick one I'll out, outline. It's, um, it's a presentation by top10s.net. It's the top 10 theories. It's pro- probably going to quickly parrot what I'll do or what I've said. So instead of going into the explanation... I know this page was a little bit funky to load. This is actually on the web. Um, If it goes all right, I'll just read you the highlights, not the actual um, 10 accounts, okay? So on this website, it goes into, ever since the famed Greek philosopher Plato first wrote of a fabled continent called Atlantis, more than 2,000 years ago, scholars have been locked in fierce debate as to whether such a place truly exists. While a few rare individuals have taken Plato's words seriously, most scoff at the idea that an advanced civilization could vanish as completely as it had ever existed, as if it had never existed. Such is the bit like imagining an elephant could walk through a snowdrift without leaving footprints, making it easy to ignore the entire subject and write it off as yet another example of New Age pseudoscience or, at best, a fantastic and historically indefensible fable. And this is not an unreasonable position either. After all, Plato described the place as being as large as Libya, in brackets, an ancient term for North Africa, out of brackets, and Asia combined, making one... I don't think in my studies it was that big. It sounds a lot, way a lot smaller than that, but anyway... Making one reasonably confident it should be it shouldn't be hard to miss. And yet no one has managed to produce as much as a coral reef that might have remarked this ancient shoreline, much less than an entire submerged continent. But the the search continues and if anything appears to be growing in both scale and sophistication until this day. It has become something of a technological slash historical holy grail for the 21st century. Did Atlantis exist? And if it did, where could it have been? Well, no one can answer that question in certainty with any degree. Though some attempt to, there are quite a few um, competing theories out there to consider. Some of them are more plausible than others and few even have some support from the scientific community. But all of them are just guesses, speculations. So now without further ado, here is my list in no particular order of the top ten theories regarding the lost continent of Atlantis. You can um let's see what we got here. Okay, I'm gonna read them. How much of the time we got okay we got about all right, if I can squeeze this in in 15 minutes, that'd be good. It'll just take us over the hour and a half mode and we can have a call in. Russell said at um, the beginning after I mentioned that, that he's going to allow um, some people to just quickly call in. We'll keep it on topic and then we'll move over to another show. Yeah, let's, let's get this out. Okay, number 10 accounts of Atlantis are fictional. The traditional position maintained by most scientists and historians over the years is that Plato's account of a fabulous wealthy city as told in the Critias and uh, Timaeus was merely a fictional story designed to but which we've gone through so, and was never intended to be interpreted as an account of real place or real events. Evidence from this suggests, by the fact that Plato tells us, the island was given to the Greek god Poseidon, who fell in love with the beautiful daughter of Atlantis, first king named, not coincidentally, Suspect Atlas. Now, we've already covered that, so that would be um, not worth reading the rest of that. Number nine, Atlantis was fictional, but the accounts of the worldwide deluge were real. Plato makes numerous references to a great deluge occurring thousands of years before his time that destroyed almost the whole world. Also reminds you of the biblical account too, doesn't it? Leaving only a tiny fragment of humanity left to repopulate the globe and start civilization anew. The story of Atlantis, then while itself a manifestation of Plato's fertile imagination, may have been inspired by a real historical event. In this case, a massive global flood that may have taken place 10,000 years before he was born. Could this be some distant memory of an end of the last ice age when global ocean levels rose by hundreds of feet in the just a few centuries, submerging entire land masses in the process, etc.? Number eight, Atlantis was a continent that existed in the mid Atlantic as was destroyed by natural forces. For the for the purists, oh uh, yeah for the purist this remains the traditional understanding and the one originally postulated by 19th century writer and Atlantis file Ign- Ignatius Donnelly, which I brought up before in his 1882 book Atlantis, the antediluvial world who imagined the Atlantic ocean to be no more than a few hundred feet deep um, and prone to occasional vertical shifting. Since so little was known about the ocean in his day, his theory was considered plausible by many at the time, at least until the advent of modern oceanographics, when it was determined that the Atlantic was up to five miles deep in spots and not prone towards creating massive continents while the essentially um, while this essentially torpedoed poor Ignatius theory as far as science was concerned some continued to hold to it with great um, tenacity largely because of plato's insistence that the place existed just outside the pillows of Hercules Number seven, Plato was referring to the ancient Minoans. We've already covered that. So there's no use me reading that. We went into that. Number six, Atlantis was a um, mythical retelling of the Black Sea Flood, which is another thing I'd already presented. You can go back and listen to that. Another theory, obviously. Um, that was about the great deluge told by Plato was a mythologized account of another historical event um, of the Black Sea. Number five, Atlantis was referring to a more temperate Antarctica, another one that I've gone through, by the late Charles Hapgood, Hapgood, sorry, that the Earth's crust may have suddenly shifted um, some 12,000 years ago. Number four, Atlantis was a reference to an ancient continent called Lemura, which I've covered as well, but the Greeks were not the only ones to maintain a belief of an ancient island-bound civilization. India and the Asian continents have their own traditions, which they call Lemura, an island civilization that supposedly existed in the Indian Ocean. The idea that such a place existed was first postulated by 19th century zoologist Philip uh, Sclatter, S-C-L-A-T-E-R, as a means of accounting for the discontinuities um, he found in biogeography of the Indian Ocean region at the time. He promises that Madagascar and in India may have once been part of a larger continent, which he named Lemuray, has been rendered um, obsolete by modern understanding of plate tectonics which consistently demonstrate that while sunken continents do exist such as the um, Kerjulian Plateau in the Indian Ocean, there is no known geographical formation under the Indian Ocean that corresponds to um, Sclatter's um, hypothesis. The name did at least uh, lend its name to the tiny primates native to Madagascar, known as the Lemur, or Lemur in brackets, or, or was it the other way around, out of brackets. So it wasn't completely lost, a complete loss. Number three, Atlantis was actually the mythological land of Mu. As we've already gone over uh, previously it's no use me parroting this as well it's a story you talked about i'll just give you a quick one mu is the name of the um hypothetical continent that allegedly existed in either the atlantic or pacific ocean depending on whom you listen to in either case it was thought to have disappeared at the dawn of human history its survivors emerging to other continents to serve as the foundation for a number of later civilizations throughout the world, number two, Atlantis was in Southeast Asia. If one looks at the geographics, or if one looks at the geography of the planet at the height of the last ice age, they will notice the ocean levels were over 200 feet lower than as a result of so much water being taken up in the massive ice sheets that covered most of North America and Europe. As such you can see that the island um, were at that the island known today as Indonesia was then a complete continent nearly as large as Western Europe that stretched from Australia to the Indian subcontinent. Temperatures subtropical and massive it would have made a perfect place for an emerging civilization perhaps even one as technologically advanced as our own today, to take root. Could such a global civilization have emerged then, only to perhaps find itself destroyed by its own technology and all evidence submerged by the expanding oceans as the ice caps melted? Certainly, this would account for many of flood and advanced civilization mythologies, maintained by many diverse cultures around the globe and explain many of the similarities between parallel structures including pyramids, um, obelisks and stone carvings around the world today. And last but not the least, Atlantis was in the Bahamas, the Bermuda, the Azores, Canary Islands, etc. Now, I've already covered a bit of that, so I'll just give you a quick overview of this one again. The idea that Plato was referring to a place in the Atlantic does not die easily. And so nearly any island or landmass lying anywhere between east coast of the Americas and Europe slash Africa have been suggested as the locale for Plato's fantastic continent. Um, Unfortunately, none of these islands are particularly impressive in scope or size. Um, nor do any of them suggest they once maintained anything approaching an advanced civilization in the distant path. Even today, for that matter, the Bahamas, because of the discovery off the coast of uh, Bimini Island in 1968, of what appears to be a man-made harbor wall, generally dismissed by scientists as a formation of beach rock, which I've gone into before, containing um, artificial-looking but purely natural fractures lines suggesting of a paved road. And due to interest in the unproven but popular Bermuda Triangle legend, remains the odds on favourite among many Atlantean buffs, though it is far from enjoying anonymous support. And that is the end of my presentation today, tonight, my friends. Hope you got something out of it. Russell might be a way to take it back over. So, what I'll do, I'll go back to the beginning and just. (laughs) That's all right, mate. Yeah, go ahead. If you want to. No, I'm just
0: over. I I I forgot I muted on both sides. (laughs) I muted my mic and the show. Yeah, that person's like right at a minute. Uh, an hour and 25 minutes. And, uh, so I think that's a good time for us to wrap this part up and go ahead and flip over to behind the green curtain where we can all get together and discuss our thoughts and ideas on everything that was, uh, brought up and presented tonight. Once again, thank you, uh, South Oz for such an awesome job that you do every week, man. Uh, bringing extensive research to everything that you do. And, um, yeah, so, uh, appreciate y'all for being here and hanging out. Um again this is uh south oz over here i am russ brown this is outside of oz and we'll be right back with behind the green curtain uh, it's uh, going to be an open forum kind of round table discussion where we can just talk about everything that was presented tonight so uh join us over there and i look forward to seeing y'all uh good evening good night and see you soon